0: So real, amen, So real, Hallelujah. You have your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, Chapter four. We are all in. I will confess to you that I did not intend to continue preaching on being all in, but the Lord has not allowed me to go in a different direction just yet. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and we will begin reading in verse number 9. This is what the writer says, Two are better than one, Because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12. And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him, a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the Word. We thank you for the Spirit, the power, and your presence, Lord, that we sense in this room today. God, I ask you today to anoint these lips of clay to minister your Word to your people, anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive from your Word today. Father, I just... Yield myself to you today. And Father, I just ask you to take complete control. May nothing proceed out of my mouth except that which has been authored and ordered by you. Hide me behind the cross. God, anoint the hearer to hear. Let your word penetrate our ears and our heart, God, to take deep root and to challenge us today. And Father, we give you the praise and the glory for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. I am not going to take the time to recap extensively the last three services, but I will just mention to you what we've talked about. Three weeks ago, we talked about being all in with our commitment. The second week, we talked about being all in with our contribution. Last week, we talked about being all in with our confidence and our trust in the Lord. This week, I had planned to do something totally different, but the Lord would not allow me to leave this series just yet. So this week, I felt the Lord just impress upon me to talk to us today about being all in with our community. While this statement can carry multiple meanings of focus, and I could literally spend a minimum of two weeks covering it, being all in with our community is going to focus specifically on this community of believers within this body of the local church. Community is defined as a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interest, and goals. Before I go any further, they're going to put the word community up on the screen, and I want you to see the word community. Now I want you to take a look at the next slide. You cannot have community without unity. Unity. It's right there in the Word. I love words. I love doing word studies. I love to find out how a word derived and where it come from. And you know, the English language is very intriguing. And you may think I'm a nerd because I think that. But when you take a word like community and understand that the concept of community is a fellowship of others... You can't have fellowship without unity. And it's right there in the middle of the Word. And so in order for us to be in community, we must have unity. We share the same feelings of fellowship. We share the common attitudes. Some good, some bad, and some indifferent. Amen? Because we're human. We share the same interest and we share the same goals. How many of you want to make heaven your eternal home? We share the same goal. How many of you love Jesus? We have the same interest. How many of you are happy to worship? You have a good attitude toward it. So, in order for us to be in community, we must be in unity. And I'm going to to talk about that a little more in just a minute. But we are in community one with another. There is something special about being together. I've seen pictures that bear the statement, together is my favorite place to be. There is great value in us, the body of Christ, especially the fellowship of Southern Hills Church of God, When we come together. When we come together, we can share one another's burdens. And bear the weight that others are carrying as we strive to help each other along this journey. There have been people who have attempted to convince others, me being one at times, and I'm sure others as well, that they don't need the church or a fellowship of believers to be a Christian. I'm not here today to pass judgment on whether one can live for Christ without the benefit of Christian fellowship. However, I will submit to you that I believe there is more support in Scripture for being in community of like-minded believers than there is for one to stand alone and try to make this journey by himself. Jesus himself even surrounded himself with a community to assist him and help him in ministry. They were called the 12 disciples. The Bible supports community more than it supports loners. In our text, it started off in your face saying, Two is better than one. Isn't that what it said? Because they'll have a good return for their labor. The Bible further talks to us about community when it says if two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be in their midst. If two or three agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done. Bear ye one another's burdens. You can't bear somebody's burdens if you're a loner. You've got to be in community and like-mindedness. Listen, I look around this room and I'm not ignorant to some things I may be, but I'm not ignorant that I can look around this room and I can tell some of you have been here a long time. Your hair tells me you've been here for a little while. Some of it's silver, white, I'm talking about wisdom. Don't you think I'm talking about anything else? Some of your hair has turned silver. Some of your hair has turned white. Some of your hair has turned loose. You've been here a long time. Much of you have, some of you have been here for your entire life. You've grown up in this church. Listen, we cannot spend that kind of time and years together without forming some kind of a bond that, that goes beyond just acquaintances and friendships. It becomes a family. It becomes, you're here because you have found something to get a hold of. Hello, somebody. We're a community. I want to talk to you about this today. And I want us to briefly examine before I get into the message, the word together. I want you to look at the word together on the screen. Now, I have another slide. and We'll go there in just a minute. But look at this word. When I was much younger and in school, back when they still gave spelling tests, you would get a list of 20 words that you had to learn how to spell. Now, listen, I'm not very smart. I'll admit that. But I learned that you can work hard or you can work smart or you can work hard at working smart. And so I would take words and break them apart to learn them. You know how I, spelled, how I learned to spell the word lieutenant? Because if you break the word lieutenant apart, it becomes lie you 10 ant Some of you are going to go home and write that down and go, wow, I never knew that. Somebody's Googling it right now. But that's how I learned how to spell words. So when it came to the word together, I thought, I need to break this apart. Go to the next slide. So this is how I broke it apart. To get her. I did not miss that word on the spelling test. Leave that word up there for me. That was many years ago. Today, I don't necessarily break them down to spell them because I got Google. And I've become spoiled to the red line that pops up underneath a word when I'm typing that when I'm writing with a pen, that red line don't help me. Nevertheless, I break words apart today to learn something from them. Watch this. When looking at the word together, you can't talk about community without being together. Keep your eyes on that word up there and listen to what I'm about to say. Look at the three small words that are used to make the word together. To get her. This means in order for me to be a good community participant, I must work to. Get her. What does that mean? It means I must work to understand her. You could replace her with him. But I must work to understand somebody. You've heard somebody, oh, I get you. Which means I understand you. I I follow your train of thought. I know where you're going. So the word together broken down means for community purposes, we must work to understand her or him work to understand people in my community. That's what draws us together. I must work to understand why somebody is hurting so I can help bear their burden. I must work together to understand why somebody is celebrating so I can celebrate with them. Isn't that what we're called to do? We're in such a community and such a state of togetherness that when one of us hurts, we should all hurt. When one of us is celebrating, we should all celebrate. Amen. If somebody is struggling, we should come alongside of them and help them. This is called being in community. It's called being together. We're going all in with community. Now, I'm here to tell you, I am thankful because I have already seen this in action in this church. So you say, well, preacher, why would you preach on this if you've already seen it in action? It seems like we're already doing it. Because I'm smart enough to know that I need to listen to what the Lord's saying. Because I know how the enemy works. The enemy will try to come in and pick us apart by taking one person and isolating them from the community. And it must be at the forefront of our mind. Now, if you have not learned anything I have said up until this point, I'm done with the introduction. I'm about to start preaching to you about community, being all in in our community. And I'm going to use something to teach us today about community. Jesus was the master storyteller. Jesus could tell stories like nobody else. And he could relate them in such a way that we could draw a picture in our mind as to what he was saying. Agreed? If you don't agree with me, that tells me you ain't reading your Bible. Some of you didn't laugh at that. So I want to talk to you today about geeseology. Geeseology, the study of geese. And this, you think that's bad? I preach a sermon on donkeyology. <laughs> I want to talk to you about geese and how they relate to us in community. Take note. The scripture will use nature to illustrate certain things to us. Solomon in Proverbs chapter 6 directed the sluggard to consider the ant. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Your poverty will come like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. That's the book of Proverbs. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He was using something to illustrate a point. How much more is He going to take care of you who are His child? Let's look at some geeseology. Geese practice synergy. The word synergy, by its definition, is the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, and other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. Two are better than one. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. As each goose flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the birds that follow. Have you ever seen geese flying in a V? By flying in a V formation, the whole flock adds 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew alone. So when you look at those geese in a V formation, They can literally go 71% farther than if they were flying by themselves. I submit to you that the child of God who is in community can make 71% more of the journey than if they were trying to go by themselves and they had nobody to call on. People who share a common direction and sense of community can get to where they are going quicker and easier because they're traveling on the thrust of one another. This is the whole principle of synergy. Two or more agents working together to produce a result not obtainable by any of the agents independently. When we work together, we can do more than if we're standing alone. It explains this in the Bible by the practice of two and two. Two are better than one. They have a good return on their labor. If either of them fails, I'm back in the text... One will lift up his companion. Woe to the one who falls when there's not anybody there to lift him up. A threefold strand is not quickly torn apart or easily broken. We can do more by flocking together than if we're out here wandering around like a goose in a snowstorm. Oblivious. Geese benefit from mutual edification. Listen. (laughs) When a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of flying alone. He now has to work harder. He has to flap his wings harder. He has to do all the work by himself because he has no other geese to help him. It's the same way for us. The minute we fall out of community, the minute we walk away from the church body, We start feeling the drag and the resistance of having to navigate things on our own. We don't have anybody to call on. We don't have anybody to ask for prayer or help to carry my burden and carry my weight. I'm reminded of the story of the man who was attending church and he stopped attending for a few weeks and the pastor went by his house to visit him. It was on a cold winter day and as the the pastor walked into the home... Neither man said a word and they just sat in front of the fire as it flickered. The pastor reached over and picked up the tongs of the fireplace and picked up a coal out of the fireplace and pulled it out and set it on the brick that was there in front of the fireplace. And both men just watched as the coal sat there and as it began to, because it was now out of the fire, cool off. Neither man still saying a word. Pastor gets up and leaves. The next Sunday, the man was back in church. What's the moral of the story? You stay in the fire, you'll stay hot. But the minute you get out of the fire, you're going to get cold. As long as you're in community, you got somebody to help you bear your burdens. But the minute you walk away from community, guess what? You're trying to navigate things by yourself. Listen, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just. I need to be careful. Thank you for joining us by live stream. It helps me to remember I need to say certain things certain ways sometimes. These people that say, I don't need anybody. I got Jesus. I'm not trying to take away from Jesus. But common sense tells me that if Jesus needed a community, I need community. It's kind of like the Holy Ghost. I didn't plan to say this, but I'll just throw it in here. People say, well, you don't have to have the Holy Ghost to get to heaven. That's right. It's a gift. It's not a requirement to get there. Right? But Luke chapter 4 verse 1 says, And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Well, if the Son of God needs it, I guarantee you, Nathan Bounds needs it. I'm not like everybody else, I guess. I'm just simply submitting to you today. That we can do more together. There is safety in numbers. We can go farther together than if we're standing alone. Watch this. When a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of flying alone. It quickly moves back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird immediately in front of it. What's the lesson here? If we have as much sense as a goose... We'll stay in formation with those who are headed where we want to go. There's a reason why we got some silver hair and some gray hair and some loose hair here. They've had a sense of direction of where they want to go and they're paving the way and blazing the trail in front of those of us who are much younger that there is a better way and the better way is to stay in community of like-minded men and women who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ Listen Everything that comes new. I like things to make life easy. I like technology. It makes us, it helps us to, and aids us to do things better. But let me tell you something. I've been in this thing long enough to know there's not a better way coming. We've got the best way, and His name is Jesus Christ. He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life, and no man shall come to the Father except by Him. You better get in community and you better stay with the church because the church is going to overcome. My God. I'm looking for the next best thing. You're not going to find it when it comes to eternity. I don't care what Oprah Winfrey tries to tell you. If you're watching her, you probably ought to turn it off. There are not many ways to God. There is only but one way. Hello, somebody. I'm talking about community. I'm talking about benefiting from mutual edification. Listen, when that goose comes back up into formation, listen to what I said. He takes advantage of the lifting power, my God, of the bird immediately in front of him that's going where he wants to go. Come here, brother. you help me a minute? I didn't plan to do this. We didn't talk about this beforehand, did we? Can I? Can I? Okay. <laughs> 73 years old. How long have you been living for the Lord? Since I was 23. That's 50 years. That's longer than I've been alive. <laughs> Face that way. 50 years living for the Lord. 73 years old. 47 years old. Still wet behind the ears, some people would say. Young whippersnapper. You, the preacher, you know everything. (laughs) Brother Moore, that's a lie, isn't it? (laughs) What are you saying, preacher? I'm just simply saying that when the goose falls out of formation. When he gets back in formation, he starts taking advantage of the one that's directly in front of him. So what I'm simply saying is, in this thing called life of the believer, if I start falling out of formation, I need to find somebody that's been in the formation a little bit longer than I have, and I can learn something from him. I can get some benefit from him being in the formation in front of me. I can say, brother, I've never navigated this before. Can you give me some wisdom? And guess what? Because I can tell you you, he's been in the way of the Lord for 50 years. I can look at him and tell not that he's old, but that he's well seasoned, that he's got some wisdom, that there's value in what he carries in his heart and what he speaks out of his mouth. I can sit down and listen to what he has to say and learn something. Don't you ever think for one minute, young whippersnapper. Listen, I've been there. I've got teenagers that live in my house. I remember when I was a teenager. I knew everything. Nobody could tell me anything. I didn't need you to talk to me. But can I tell you, the older I get, the more I wished I could go back and, and depend on somebody else to do everything for me. The older I get, the more I realize how much wisdom was before me. If we have as much sense as the goose, we'll stay in formation with those who are headed where we want to go. Listen, I could ask Brother Mike, What's kept you in this gospel way for 50 years? I've not been in it for 50 years. I've not even been alive for 50 years. What's kept you living for the Lord for 50 years? And he could tell me. That would be some benefit to me. Well, Brother, I felt like giving up. Don't give up. Don't give up because just before you know it, God's going to come on the scene. Hello, somebody. (laughs) When we are willing to accept their help, we can do more. When we are willing to give out help to others, others can do more. Strong Christians appreciate the value of mutual edification. I like to be able to call pastor friends or text pastor friends of mine and say, Listen, I had a I had a pastor friend call me one time, we were talking, and he said, My drummer's sleeping with my worship leader, and they're not married. You know what I did? I started laughing. Now you're gonna think bad of me because I started laughing about that because that's not something to laugh about. But 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 let me explain. Because he said, what are you laughing for? I said, I'm just glad to know I'm not the only pastor who deals with that kind of stuff. Because there's been times I felt like, man, I'm the only one that deals with the kind of stuff that I deal with. ain't no other pastor out there. I mean, if you read what they post on social media, they have revival every Sunday. They preach the best sermon every Sunday. That's what they tell you anyway. But I'm just simply saying to you, That there are some times that we're going to struggle that we need to depend on somebody else to speak into our life. There's value in community and being together. Mutual edification occurs within the context of the local church. Whereas a group of geese are called a skein when they're in flight or a gaggle when they're on the ground. A group of Christians is called the church. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones. and We are in community. Number three. Geese share the burden When the lead geese Goose Listen When the lead goose tires In the V formation I'm talking about It rotates into the formation And the other goose Flies to the point position Why is this? Because you remember When they're flying in a V formation They can go 71% farther Than if they're flying by themselves so when the lead goose is tired, he rotates to the back. Another goose takes the point. And now the, 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 the uplift of the other geese can now pull him further into the journey. It's similar to pacelining and bicycling. It pays to take turns doing the hard task. And as it is with geese, people are interdependent on each other's skills, capabilities, and unique arrangements of gifts and talents and resources. As members of the body of Christ, we are to do our part. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by, whatever, by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. We all play a part. You may say, Preacher, I'm so old, I can't get up and do anything. Well, the Lord's not finished with you, because if He was, He would have taken you home. I don't care. If you feel like all you have to benefit, and all you can bring to the table is to sit, if you can just sit, you can pray. Rock and pray. Rock and pray. And if you ain't got nobody else to pray for, pray for the pastor. Pray for the pastor's family. I'll take all the prayers I can get. Some of you out there, feels like, I can't go lift a table, I can't move a chair, I can't sweep, I can't do that anymore. All I can do, I feel like all I can do is just sit. Just sit, baby, sit. Open your mouth and pray. Hello, somebody. Because it does more good than you realize it does. We're all part of the body of Christ. We all bring value to the table. Too often, burnout happens because brethren won't help out. I just decided to move the chair so that could marinate a minute. I'm going to say it again. Burnout happens because brethren won't help out. How about you? Are you doing your part in the work of the local church? Could you do something more? Number four, I've got five points. I've got four minutes. Who believes I can get two points in four minutes? You're wise. Nobody's hand went up. Geese encourage those who lead. The geese flying in formation honk to encourage those up front to keep up their speed. You ever heard of geese honk? Uh Uh-huh. They're in the back honking. They're saying... Keep doing what you're doing because I ain't having to work so hard right now. I'm a little weary from the journey. Honk, honk, honk. Keep on flapping them wings, honey, because I'm benefiting right now. I love this. Keep honking. Keep flapping your wings. Keep your speed up. You're doing great. Hello, somebody. Them geese in the back aren't saying, I wish you'd fly a little faster, bless God. Why are you going this way, bless God? I don't like the direction you just turned, bless God. Everybody thinks if we put a bless God on the end of it, it's all right. I don't like this, I don't like that then baby, get up here and lead the V formation. Hello, somebody. But no, instead of doing the grumbling and the complaining, they're sitting back there going, honk, honk. Keep flapping. Keep leading. We're headed somewhere. They're encouraging. Hmm. We need to make sure that our honking is encouraging. Hello, somebody. I'm going to say that again. We need to make sure, as the the children of God, that when we're honking, we're honking encouragement. Is that all right? In groups where there is encouragement, the production is much greater. The power of encouragement is the quality of the honking we seek. That means to stand by one's heart or core values and encourage the heart and core of others. When somebody comes by you and slaps you on the back and says, Man, that was great this morning. I ain't talking about preaching. I'm talking about Brother Michael. When he's up here leading, Brother, did a great job. You led us into the presence of the Lord. You and the worship team did a great job. On their worst day, they do a great job. In my book, you don't know where I'm going with this, but I do. Because the day I walk up to Brother Michael Todd and I say, Brother, that was the worst job you've ever done leading today. His response to me ought to be, well, we're going to get up there and do it yourself. So on his worst day, he does a great job because I'm not going to get up here and try to lead you in praise and worship. And you should be grateful for that. But I'm just simply saying, we all like an attaboy. We all like to let somebody. Listen, it's not about whether we get credit for something, but it's just about saying, hey, brother, I saw what you did and I, I appreciate what you did. Hello, somebody. Yeah, I, I appreciate you took time out to come help. I appreciate that you took the time out to 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 take care of something to make sure that it was tended to, make sure our honking is encouraging. You say, well, preacher, do we do we not have encouragement in the church? No, no, don't let the devil twist your mind and your thinking here. I, I, I I've been in this long enough to know that the devil is only looking for one inroad that he can come in and try to cause strife and confusion and division. But I made up my mind, I don't want to let any corrupt or profane thing come out of my mouth. But only that which is glorifying to God and edifying to the body. Such should be the purpose of our words honking to build up others. Hmm. Last point. Geese care for one another. Watch this. When a goose gets sick... Wounded or shot down, two geese will drop out of the formation and follow it down to help it and protect it. Not only that, but they will stay with the wounded goose until it dies or it is able to fly again. That's a perfect example of the body of Christ. When one of us is wounded, Others should surround them. When one is hurting, we should stay with them and help them. Hello, somebody. (laughs) Then they will launch out with another formation or catch up with the flock. If we have as much sense as geese, we will stand by each other in difficult times as well as when we're strong. Another benefit to working together is when somebody's down, we can pick up their slack. Hello, somebody. Listen, I get it. I have seen it in action. I have heard about it just in the short time we've been here. Somebody's down. Somebody's sick. Somebody's cooking a meal and taking it to them. Somebody's stopping by for a visit. Is there anything we can do for you? Is there anything that you need? What are you saying? I'm just simply saying that we're in a community together. And we must stay in a community together to make it. I don't want to try to get to the other side of glory and not have had some brothers and sisters to help me along the journey. And we have to take note, young people. Listen to the pastor this morning. Whether you're my age or even younger, we've got to start taking note today because there's coming a time, should the Lord tarry His coming, that those who are leading in front of us are going to be called on home to glory. And then we are going to be the ones who is leading the way for the younger ones coming up behind us. And we want to be found leading as well as those who are leading us. I've made up my mind a long time ago. I said, I don't care how old I get. I don't care where the Lord takes me in life. As long as there's breath in my body, as long as I'm able to preach the gospel, I will continue to preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I want the younger generation to know that there is still power in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is still power. There is still fire. There is still boldness that comes in the baptism talked about that the whole service. Why you bring that up now? I'm just simply telling you that I've had some people that have blazed the trail in front of me that made it a point to let me know how important it was to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues to have the boldness to stand up in the face of the enemy. And I want to make sure that whoever is following in my footsteps, whoever is following me and watching me in his example knows that Nathan Bounds could not have made it had it not been for the good Holy Ghost. Had it not been for somebody blazing the trail in front of him. had it not been for somebody sowing some seeds and speaking into his life I couldn't have made it this far if I hadn't had somebody honking at me along the journey but I'm glad I'm here and I'm glad you're here stand with me all over this house